Hello everyone and welcome back to the Film Aspect. We are Aaron and Brian, your hosts for the show, and today we're going to be disappointing ourselves with theories when we talk about WandaVision. Did you come up to this show with wildly ambitious expectations? No. I I, I tried not to, but I did kind of get swept up in it a little bit. Nah, I um I heard everybody talking about it, but I'm I've in my old age, I've got quite good at not listening to other people's expectations and not, you know, allowing myself to kind of jump on hype trains. So I kind of went did into Did you it. watch it as it was... You didn't watch it as it was coming out, did no, you? No, like, I think f- four episodes, maybe five, mm-hmm. had had been on by the time I watched it. And I watched the first four or five. I can't remember which. Watched the first four or five kind of mm-hmm. in a row and then waited. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it uh, was... So yeah, we'll we'll be talking about that. We'll try and give our own like kind of spoiler-free um, review of of it before jumping into spoilers. Uh, but yeah, before we get on with it, let's you know head over to Twitter, start following us in that at the film aspect where we post polls, updates, and uh, just general news about the show. Should have updated the fact that we got this uh, this week's topic wrong last week. We thought it was going to be. <laughs> Unexpected gems, but it turns out it was one division. Even though I've got a big spreadsheet, I still got the dates mixed up. I thought Justice League was coming out this week, so aye, that was the whole thing. But next week we'll be talking about the unexpected gems. If you come here thinking, what the fuck is this, mate? I came for one thing and I'm getting something else. Um but yeah, head over to that, tell your friends about us, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Spot but Spotify, SoundCloud and all these other ones. I, I saw actually that our numbers on one of the sites kind of picked up. I'm trying to think of what. I'm just having a quick look at it to see like what site it actually was. It was um, Podcast Addict. So get us on Podcast Addict, which I've never heard of before. <laughs> what? You're in the podcast game and you've never heard of the wonderful streaming site Podcast Addict? I Aye. go there for almost all of my podcasts. <laughs> Apparently as well, only 15% of our users are listening on iPhones. Then we'll get 10% on Android and 75% on other. Yes, down with Apple. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Our lawyers have told me I'm not allowed to say that. <laughs> Does that mean that people are listening on their laptops and like computers? I listen to a lot of podcasts on, on Google Podcasts on my computer while I'm working and stuff, yeah. See, some like if I wasn't really doing anything, I would, but like I can't listen to talking whilst yeah. I'm like if I'm working on something at my computer which I usually am it could be smart then, speakers as well see like um, Nest and oh, get it blading through the whole house aye aye so I do <laughs> for everyone to hear in the whole street <laughs> neighbours and all they'll be aye. popping their head in you think they're going to complain about the noise but they're actually like, who is this mate That's it. this is a class sounding podcast exactly aye aye you know that's us but we're out every Tuesday and Friday we're doing uh, you know our mainline episodes we'll be talking about specific films director deep dives and then you know hot topics and then on Tuesdays we do one week of newscast and the next week of uh, the recasting couch so last week we just recast Jaws which is a pretty decent one from the two of us if I do stay so myself and then next week we're going to be talking about uh, the news of the week the newscast zero two as I've been <laughs> labeling them yeah <laughs> all the news from 2002 we are here for it <laughs> Yeah, that would be a good idea. <laughs> Just pick a week. What's the news of that week? <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about One Division, but before we do that, let's get into a wee bit of news. 
which there is the most. I've got two things. I'm just going to hit out my two things quickly. Is Steven Spielberg's directing a, a film loosely based on his childhood. All right. Um, and then uh, Amazon. I don't know. Like this is one of the things that just piqued my interest. I don't know if this is something everyone else would care about, but there was a TV show called Them that released their first trailer uh, for Amazon Prime. Which seems to be a kind of just based off the tip, the trailer seems to be kind of like a a, a race race based like um, horror thriller, like kind of looks like um, something along the lines like maybe like a, a black family moving into a white neighborhood and then things get kind of spooky. But like honestly, the, I watched the trailer just before I went to bed and I had to watch other things because it spooked me the fuck out. Oh really? I mean, you know I'm easily scared though, but like, <laughs> it did genuinely look pretty scary. It's very much in the in the vein, the same vein as us, though. Right. Um, but, no, nah, I'm interested. I hate it though when a, when a horror piques my interest, because I'm just like, ah, mate, that's gonna be, I'm gonna be fucking terrible. Plus, it's a television show, so it's gonna be longer. Or I'm assuming it's a television show. I actually never really looked into that. Um, but... Yeah, that looks good. You should watch the trailer, I think. I'll try my very hardest. It's a horror anthology series, so it is. I think it's got one of the girls who actually was in um, Us. Potentially. No, I'm not quite sure. I don't recognise her. But, um, yeah, what do, what, do you, what do you have? I have news on a film. Apparently this got announced ages ago, but I've never heard of it. They're making, and I hate this, I hate this trend in Hollywood, they're making a movie about the making of a movie. They're making a movie about the, the production process of The Godfather. And apparently, Ellie oh, Fanning yeah. just came on board. It's got Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Jake Gyllenhaal, Elizabeth Moss. And I'm, I I couldn't be less interested in seeing this. There's already a tremendous documentary about it. That's the thing. See, if you can make a documentary about something, it's going to be better than a film about it. I'm sorry, it just is. And I'm, I'm it not. Will, it probably will be, but like people won't watch that as well. I'm not. A, I'm just not a fan of this making of making of shite. Mm-hmm. Just the reason that is. This is one of the main reasons why the film quality in Hollywood is in the toilet is because people refuse to give people the opportunity to make new movies, and they just rehash the same pish, or they put out a biography, or they put out a making <laughs> of the making of, and it's just garbage. It's just a circle of garbage. And this is a different version why? of like the you know like Hans how Han Solo got his gun and yeah. his name and his jacket yeah. except how did this movie get made? You know? It's 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 like nobody cares. Oh, obviously a lot of people care, but I don't care. I just I hate I, this trend. I think if there's enough of a story to be told, like that, it could work. Like if it was something like you know like I I don't know. I I would probably roll my eyes, but like I always think I would really like to know the production behind the scenes stuff of Justice League. It's coming out. That's a story that's always interested me that I don't feel we've ever. I mean, like Zack Snyder, he had an article on Vanity Fair, I think, or or the Hollywood Reporter or something like that. And like, you know, that was what I was really hoping for when they released the Blu-ray that it would be like, oh, here's the kind of tell-all of what happened. You know, yeah. What actually, you know, that's the kind of story I want to know. But like, see if it's just like, here's an iconic movie, and we're going to make it really dramatic about how this was written and made. And, and, and like it's purely based off the fact that it is a famous movie then that doesn't really interest me it's, I think it takes away from the mystique or the mysticism yeah. of the film itself by oh here's one tiny wee detail let's explore that with 20 minutes of film 
Let's not. Let's just have the Godfather sit as the Godfather, and then that's <laughs> it. Because they did this. I never watched it. They did the same thing with Psycho, um, the film Hitchcock, a few years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I'd, I had no interest. I've I've just got no interest. Because you're never going to be able to capture it authentically. It's always going to be interpretations of the way people spoke and moved and acted and interpretations to be as dramatic as possible to, to win as many awards as you can. It's never going to be... If you want to know the story, then go and watch the documentary. I just I don't understand this dramatising real events in, in the making of movies or TV shows. You would get far more viewers. See if you turn that into an actual documentary and put it as a four-part Netflix series. Like they're they're doing so well with documentaries on there. Do that. Mm, but I just fair. I hate I hate try. It's it's because it's a cash grab. It's a cash grab in the name, and I just I don't agree with that. Not necessarily mm. just because of the Godfather. If it was any film, I just I don't I don't like it. I don't, I think it's lazy. I don't think there's much in the way of like artistic kind of freedom or movement because you have to stick so rigidly to a story so rigidly to real life characters and not even real life characters in their everyday life real life characters as they're preparing for a role that you've already seen I just I don't get it I'm sorry I don't get it what a shite <laughs> so the next thing up you've got is the is or is that it other than the BAFTAs obviously the BAFTAs were announced yeah the BAFTAs got announced on Monday that's pretty much all I've got to talk about I so- I'm just jumping in. What, what one are you looking at? The document, the director, the Uh Yeah, yeah. I'm just having a look at it. For so the time. another round by Thomas Vinterberg, Baby Teeth by Shannon Murphy, Minari by Lee Isaac Chung, Nomad Land by uh, Chloe Zhao. Is it? Quevadis, Quevadis Avida by Jasmila Zbanik. I think I've got that right. And Rocks by Sarah Gavron. I've only seen one of them, and it was pish. Mm-hmm. And it does not. I don't think it. There was nothing that made me think, "Wow, this is a really well directed film." So it was baby teeth, you saw it was baby teeth. I thought it was very boring, very self indulgent, and absolutely nothing new happened. It's about a sixteen year old girl set in Australia. Sixteen year old girl who has cancer, and she meets a drug addict who's like, I don't know, he's twenty three, so he's older than her. And then she finds out that he can help her as much as she can help him, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it's it's pretty bad. There's a lot of a lot of a story themes that go through it that don't really make sense, don't really go anywhere. The performances aren't that great. Um, the the direction isn't that great. Cinematography mm-hmm. isn't that great. It's just like an, there's there's one there's like a set piece. A cinematography set piece where they're in a bar and it's all like red lighting and blue lighting and it's like, all right, cool. So this is the this is the best cinematography clip here, sort of thing. And those wee clips mm-hmm. like that you can see all the way through. It's like, oh, here's the here's the the clip they're going to play when you're up for best actress. So there's a lot of Oscar clips in the film, and then the rest of it's really much about nothing, and a lot of it doesn't really make sense. So I didn't enjoy it. I'm sure there's people that did enjoy it because obviously it's up for best director at the Baftas. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to sniff an Oscar whatsoever. But yeah, because it's the only thing that this film's nominated for at the BAFTAs is best director, I believe. So, all right, yeah, uh, that that another round. I've been hearing good things about that. That's the Mads Mikkelsen fil- film, is it not? I've been hearing very good things about that and very good things about them. Him, I think it'll be him and um, Stephen Young for The Walking Dead. Is that his name? Yeah, I think I think it seems to be those two are in the race for best actor. 
I kind of wouldn't be surprised if if they get snubbed, but I, like I said a wee while ago, I just love the idea of, like, this wee guy for The Walking Dead being nominated for an Oscar. And Minari is one of those films that's kind of been in my radar for a while. Yeah. I don't know, did we hear any news about it coming up out in the UK? It's just... I will have to say, and excuse myself there, because Stephen Young isn't even nominated for a, a BAFTA for leading actor. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will... <laughs> Yeah, oh, let's see the... Yeah, we've got... Riz Ahmed, did he not miss out in the Golden Globes? He, Stephen Young beat him, I'm sure. Aye, because Riz Ahmed, I've been hearing really good things about Sound of Metal, and that is another one that, like, was announced. I was just like, that, I will watch that when that comes out. But, um, yeah, um, I'm looking here now for the, 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 to the best film. I think, uh, I honestly think they might... There's a lot of hype and a lot of power behind... Chadwick Boseman for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and I, I haven't seen the film yet I haven't watched it yet it's on Netflix I will watch it but I don't know I don't know how good the performance is or isn't but there's been a lot of I Mads Mikkelsen there's a lot of hype behind him as well but he mm-hmm. he plays a particular character very well so if he's mm-hmm. if, if, if in the film that's in his sort of his wheelhouse then he's yeah. very good at what he does so yeah mm-hmm um, I'm looking here. So, with best film, you get Trialers, uh, the Trialers of Chicago Seven, Promising Young Woman, Nomadland. I'm going to say this song, The Mauritanian, uh, yeah. and The Father. So, you you were really looking forward to The Father. I think I was... I'm really looking forward to Nomadland, Promising Young Woman. I've heard, like, I think that's one of those ones that I've maybe seen that's like partly like people praising it, and other half people like, nah, it's rubbish. Um, yeah, I've, spoke, I've spoken about the trial of the Chicago Seven before, but I, I'm really, it's just obviously it's it's really disappointing this year in terms of like not being able to see these because, you know, I'm looking at a lot of these and I, I love being a part of like the discussion with, Baf, you know, BAFTA, Golden Globes, Oscars, just because, you know, it, it well as film fans, obviously it's like our big thing of the year, yeah. it's our World Cup, <laughs> but um. I just, I like, it doesn't seem like we're going to be able to see a lot of these movies, or if not, because I was saying there, like, Nomadland is coming to Disney+, Plus, but I think it's coming to Disney+, Plus the week, if not, like, the day before the Oscars. Yeah. Or r- round about then, like, maybe a couple of days. So that is really disappointing. Hopefully, oh, no, end of April? No, we'll not have seen cinemas open by the end of April. No, I think no, I'm quite, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this because I haven't seen it, but... I feel as if there haven't been that many high quality films released in the last year because of shutdowns and COVID and stuff and, you know, um, delays. I just, I don't, I'm, I, the films I've been looking forward to, I think a small portion of me has been looking forward to them just because they're new films and not because I'm that interested in seeing them. And I think yeah. a lot of these films may be getting the sort of the limelight because there's nothing else there. Which is, uh, it might be a horrible thing to say, but that's my kind of interpretation of it. I'm quite surprised they never showed any love to Christopher Nolan for Tenet, even though I didn't like it. He nah, usually I, finds I, his I, way in there. I can maybe get, I can imagine, maybe imagine like in the in the Oscars that getting a nod towards uh, soundtrack or or maybe like, you know, visual effects or like, pra- there isn't a practical effects one, is there? No. no. It's just visual. But like, does that, is that included? Yeah. Because he does do like enhancements and stuff, so like I, I think, 
I can see it getting that, but I don't. I don't think it'll get any writing, directing, nothing like that. To be honest, I'm just maybe. It's, I think it maybe be a bit of push, but he could get cinematography. But yeah, that it just. I didn't really like. I don't, I don't like Tenet, but <laughs> the. Yeah, the thing I do actually like about this, and and I think it's mainly because like when, when we were doing our year review, I realized that obviously like I hadn't really seen that many new films. It has me really eager, like when the cinemas open back up, just to like go and see as many films as I can because I was getting really bad for because because it's a twenty minute drive to the cinema. I'm always just like. I'll maybe just pick and choose which ones I want to see. Yeah. And I'll only go up for the ones I really want to see or like if I can get them. And I was kind of falling back into that way of like, I would only go if I could get people to go with me, which obviously means a lot of the time you're going to be missing out on stuff. So I need to get back into the rhythm of just going to the cinema myself. Yeah. But I'm really, really keen to just see a lot of these different films. And the thing I do like about just glancing at this is it's not, to me obviously because we've not <laughs> seen them but like it isn't the predicted the kind of predicted ones like maybe some you would expect to see in there but it is a very different um lineup that has me interested to go in and try and watch them because sometimes you know like you'll see some movies added on you're just like nah that's like oscar just oscar bait pish yeah like, i would never I, I i had no interest in seeing that because it's clearly just catering to that audience Whereas like these seem to be a bit different, so hopefully we'll see. We'll see. Maybe who knows? Maybe I will get to see them sooner than I think. But I. But when when is the actual BAFTAs on? The second weekend in April, I think it's two weeks before the Oscars. All right. Jeez, we're that close. Yeah. When did the Oscars nominations get announced? Must be soon. It's within the next two weeks. I think. I think it's the end of. The end of March. Uh, I think. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, BAFTAs take place on the 11th of April. All right. Looking forward to it then. Um, yeah, so we're on to, to uh, WandaVision. And general impressions, what did you think of it? Is that right? Um... <clears throat> I, I'm, apparently I have got the opposite opinion to everybody else but I thought it started off tremendously I thought it started off as something that was really, really different and it was showing a different side to the creative process of the whole MCU and then slowly episode 3, 4 it just slipped into generic Marvel superhero show and that's I, that. yeah, well, I kind of agree with you but I found the first couple of episodes really boring because it just felt like sitcom for 20 minutes, mystery for 30 seconds. And it had done that for three weeks. And I think it was the fourth episode when they finally broke the the like formula of being in, you know, the, the just like a sitcom. But when it, when it started to go into that stuff, I was really enjoying it. And I was like, honestly, like counting down the days till the next episode. But then... I'd say it was honestly like the last two episodes that really ruined it for me. Like literally, I, I think the last two episodes that just was like, right, okay, I, I'm not. So I, my, my kind of ending impression is for for a like a general impression, sorry, is that it it was kind of like Disney going half measures on something. Yeah, you know, they were like they were there, there was something there. 
that was really special, I think. There was something there that could have made it amongst the most memorable of the of the um the MCU. I mean, for one, it's definitely up to my interest in Wanda Maximoff and Vision, like as characters, I now hold them in a far higher regard than I did originally. However, it just it kind of felt like it was almost there to just go for this, and then it was like, oh well, people still want Marvel stuff, so then they throw in Marvel stuff, and that yeah. that just really, it just when it came to you know every there was a couple of episodes when the credits would come up, and I'd be like screaming at the telly. And I was just like, what? No, what? They can't even stand it there. And then in the last two episodes, I just kind of shrugged my shoulders when it was done, which yeah. I think is really disappointing. Um, but weirdly, this is one of the shows that actually hit its original release date. Yeah, like, that's this came true. On anyway, because it was supposed to be this, then Doctor Strange was supposed to come out like immediately after. But um, what, do you, what do you do? Think of like it's it's exploration of like Wanda because for for um you know I don't think she's gotten a lot of time really across the movies she's always nah. just been well that's the thing she's been in, in ensemble casks only yeah like she's never been in, in a because in a, the Civil War isn't a Captain America movie it's just Avengers 2.5 sort of thing um so she's only really been in that and then in the Infinity movies Infinity and Endgame mm. so I, th- I think she's had enough screen time for the mm. level of character that and that ensemble in that level because she was along with everybody that's not an original Avenger up until Endgame was kind of second tier and that's how mm. I saw it because mm-hmm. you're, you're waiting in the resolution of those characters from the first movie and then when that's done this is now when everybody steps up so this was now supposed to be you know Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Scarlet Witch kind of leading the trope Mm-hmm. And I think that was it's a nice progression for her and all those other characters. But I just I was for watching this, I'm like I think I'll I've always I think I've always said this. Elizabeth Olsen Elizabeth Olsen's tremendous. I think she's fantastic as Wanda slash the Scarlet Witch. I think she's got fantastic chemistry with Paul Bettany. Um I just I think they're they were tremendous all the way through. Did exactly what I wanted them to do. And mm-hmm. The thing that annoyed me week by week was how much more is it Catherine Han is Agnes yeah. started mm-hmm. to really hammer up and I was I'm not a fan of that yeah, I, really I was going for it. Not, I was not a big fan of her, of her performance. Just the, the the I don't think it's her performance, it's more the angle that they've obviously wanted her to pursue. Yeah. And, and this kind of because it was sort of like it made sense early on. Because you were like going for that kind of 50s sitcom style. But yeah. then it was kind of like she just continued that <laughs> throughout the whole the whole thing. And it was it was in the kind of attempt to make her a kind of wacky, uh, you know, like a standout character. Like, oh, yeah. she's a big personality. But I just, I, I wasn't, I wasn't so into that. What, what I really, really didn't appreciate about this show. Um, and it's not so much what was on the screen; it was everything that was going on around it. But I think a lot of the cast and like the lead-ups and like, like I've always had a big problem with like people that are behind the television shows keeping their mouth shut. Because yeah, obviously, obviously, like I get it. Like you want to build up momentum, you want to build up hype, you want people to be like really invested in their show. And if you're like, you know, you're you're laying the groundwork for a lot of questions to be answered, and then you go, oh well, mate 
just you wait to see what's coming. There, there might be this, there might uh, be that, and then people are going like, what does that mean? What, what's all this? And you're like hyping it out of their mind, you know, they're going crazy. But then, I think a lot of that stuff was quite unfair because, you know, there was a big, there's, obviously I'm not going to talk specifically about it at this point, but like, there was a big thing that like Paul Bettany had said in an interview, like, I got to work with a character that I've been, I've been dying to work with for years. And everyone's like, holy shit like who who can it be and then not going into spoilers yet but like it, it ended up being a kind of nothing yeah statement so like that that stuff i know like you can say he's having a joke but like obviously the the kind of fan base that marvel is and the, the way that people go like you know it, it is um you know that they're going to pick up on these things and you know that expectations are going to get blown through the roof because of it and like like i was saying before i tried to kind of take a step back from it because a lot of I heard a lot of things being mentioned. You're like, oh, this is going to happen for the comics. That's going to happen. This character's going to show up. And I tried to be like, well, based on what the television show has shown me at this point. But then, obviously, you're kind of like saying that, but then still sitting there like, mm, well, am I going to? Is this going to show up? Yeah. Am I going to be blown away by this wee review? And that that was quite disappointing as the show went on and it especially since it felt like it was laying the groundwork at the start and i was cool with that i was i didn't enjoy it but i was cool with waiting out then it was like oh building up mystery a lot of like moving elements which i started to enjoy but then it just felt like it really dumbed down in the last part it just suddenly lost all of its mystery yeah something we've seen we've seen a a million times before um and and to be building it up like that and then and then the thing is as well the guy said just before the last episode oh i think people are going to be disappointed probably realizing that that like <laughs> well shit i've built this up too much like yeah. obviously like people go i remember when batman versus superman trailers came out and people were really dissecting the shot of like ben affleck running into the smoke and they were like he you know someone wouldn't be able to survive that that means he's like a kind of metahuman. He's probably this superhero. He's this character. He's not actually Batman. But then it was like, nah, it was just a cool shot of Ben <laughs> Affleck running towards a fallen skyscraper. Yeah. So I think although you're in your right to, to try and hype up your show, you need to realize the kind of fan base that you have and what's going to be taken from everything that you're saying. I you know, think, this is like people, yeah. people, you know, like, you know, Tom Holland says one word one sentence and it's like people like i know the plot to avengers endgame you know yeah that, that's that's who you're dealing with so you need to to kind of in a way keep quiet about it but what were you gonna say i was saying i think hyping it up is a massive disservice to your show because as soon as you hype up a cameo or hype up something then automatically what you you've written and what happens in your show becomes secondary to everybody seeing what this big reveal is i think mm. they ruined one division not only for me and because i knew uh, everybody was hyping up all these cameos and then as soon as somebody said i don't know if it was taken out of context but the way it was portrayed on social media was somebody said there is going to be a luke skywalker level cameo yeah and the that show was and see, that said that. as soon as i saw that i was like there is no chance there is nobody in the entire mcu that could be that level of oh my god that's who that character is so as soon as i saw that i was like this i don't think there's going to be as, as big a cameo as these people are expecting and turns out i was right because yeah that is like literally who who do you have that could make that kind of camp because 
even even if you were to say it's Captain America, yeah, that's not. I, I don't think you're really considering we're just like two years away from the end of that whole franchise. Yeah. You're not far away enough from it yet to, to no. really be there with with the, that level of cameo. But what I really really liked actually, and it and it, but I'm saying I like it. It's entirely dependent on how they move forward with these characters is the slight I think they have on their hands the a real potential to to well, I can't really go into this without spoiling it. Do you do you want to just go into spoilers then? So like what I've really liked is basically that Wanda in this is essentially the villain of the show. And in a in a lot of ways, although they'll try and portray it not to be the case. Because, like, so I'd watched a video where someone would point it out, like, you get that guy who's a dick who's like, I'm going in and I'm killing her. You know, it doesn't matter. We need to neutralize her and all this. But, like, that guy's just... That guy is literally just doing doing his job. You have someone that who has taken, uh, you know, a full town of people hostage. Right? A full town of people hostage. That is something that would warrant that kind of thing, but then obviously you're coming to it from like, oh, it's Wanda, she's from the Avengers and all that. So like everyone thinks this is a good character, she is a good character. But like that guy is genuinely doing what you probably would do and having the response that, that is completely warranted with the situation. But I think they slightly, obviously like kind of with the reveals later on in the show, it does feel like the, they are leaning into potentially her becoming a villain. Yeah, and I think if if they'd done that, and then went because Wanda is like one of the most powerful characters in in the MCU, and if you then went, she's you know she is the villain of Avengers five. Man, yeah, that's that's fucking amazing. Now you've got someone that you've like Thanos was really good in terms of like what they had, the way they set him up in Infinity War was really really good, but. He was only set up in name, you know, through those all those other films. If you've done something like this with Wanda, who has been there since 2015 or something like that, but not only that, also had a whole series of her own TV show where you can kind of see that change and understand it then to come into it. That would be, that could be really, really good. But I kind of don't think uh, Disney have the balls to do something like that. Well, it's, what do you think? I think they do. Because people's don't seem to kind of they kind of changed it on origin because people sort of forget and or don't really mention she was like a radicalised child she was mm-hmm. fight, she she started off as a bad guy so it would be sort of I don't know poetic for her to come full circle and end up being the bad guy again after, after it all mm-hmm. and I think that is a road they could go down you know realistically and it would be justifiable that she's had Something taken away from her now and vision. Everything, everything's been stripped away from her, so now she's just resorting to being kind of who she was born to be, and that's that could mm-hmm. be a spin to put on it with the bad guy. But I don't know. I don't know if they do have the the guts to do that. I don't think. I don't think they'll have a female villain like yeah, I, 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 as a big bad. I really don't. Um, See, I think. I think they. Could, I think they would be stupid not to not to have this as their villain. But I think if they'd done that, they would also be scared to have her like killed. Although they almost never kill their villains yeah. in, <laughs> in in their films, which is always a bit of a, a, a disappointment. But like, I, I 
I think it, yeah, I think it would be stupid not to. What did you think then of like the kind of emotional premise of this? You know that that it was like she was struggling to to move on from Vision's death. I didn't really feel anything from it, if I'm honest with you. I don't think they did it in a particularly revolutionary or like impactful way. That that was that was something that I wasn't so much on board with, but then. It was in the final moments of the final episodes where they have like their last kind of goodbye. Those moments I was like, actually like really liked. And it was bits like that that made me wish they leaned into it a bit more. Like they had more of a quiet emotional ending to the show rather than the kind of big bombastic version that they tried to go for. Yeah. The thing about that, the thing about those kind of emotional endings is that that, that it's got a cloud hanging over it and that cloud is... We all know they're no real. That's just something I can. I was all oh, right. Isn't it sad? This, but I was ultimately this is a figment of her imagination. Mm. So it's she's a a tragic character in that sense. But if you want me to feel sad about you know figments of somebody's imagination disintegrating in front of their eyes or or, or whatever, then I'm sorry, but I don't. If there were real characters and there were real consequences to these characters dying, then yeah, definitely. But there isn't he because she just made them exist mm-hmm. it's almost mm-hmm. like feeling bad for everybody at the end of infinity war when the snap happens i'm like oh aye, it's sad but they're coming back so i'm not going to be too sad about it it's like oh i <laughs> vision and um the kids have disappeared i was like aye cool but a one was already dead and the other two are imaginary so i don't really feel that much about it for her, and, for her arc and, and her journey, I feel no quite bad for her. Oh, sorry. And we know that. What, and we know now that Vision's going to be coming back. Yeah, I, I think that took they, away from the kind of the, the the emotional punch. So yeah, that really, really, <coughs> that was kind of the big element of this show that I severely disliked was when they revealed it and they're like, "What is this all? We're we're getting energy from that spy plane thing," and it's it was all we've got evil white vision <laughs> and I was just like they cannot fucking help themselves and and Marvel they honestly cannot resist the urge to just make an evil counterpart to yeah. their heroes like Jesus Christ you've been doing it since Iron Man 1 and you're still doing it over <laughs> 10 years later you're still just going oh we have hero now here's bad version of hero right just make it you know like just make a villain that is you know i right i i kind of get it in the sense that like well how are you going to get someone that could go toe-to-toe with that vision but i think i was the same as you when it comes to like they're not real it it did have there was a kind of struggle for me where i was like you know they're having there's big fights going on and stuff but i'm confused about the physicality of vision you know fake vision is fighting with a real vision yeah. So like how how is that fight working out? And the fact that, you know, Vision's going off, he's doing his own things, he's thinking his own things, but I'm like, well, if you're constructed from her, then how does that work? And I think there was somewhat of an explanation through the whole um like mindstone shit. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like she had parted part of the mindstone from her into him and that was kind of what that was more fueling it, I think, rather than than her. Um because I think she had sort of created this thing and it was self-sustaining in a way that like it wasn't 
she wasn't constantly having to think to keep all of it, you know, yeah. operational. So I think I think that's maybe what it was. But there, there was there was points like that. Um, but when it when it came to the like when it was the two of them and they were saying goodbye again, that was a point where I was like, you know what? I actually think I do like Vision because I don't think I really felt that big like that much when he originally died in Infinity War. Yeah, I'm the like, same. Like it was a kind of like ah, it's a sad moment, I suppose. But it was like <laughs> I can see why it'd be sad, but I'm not feeling it emotionally right now. Whereas like there was a bit more of that, and this when they were like, you know, she tucks the kids into bed and the circle's coming in, they know it's over. Like that was actually quite sad, and I think on another day, and like had it not been surrounded by all that other stuff, I would have been like pretty like heartbroken almost by it. I did feel that potential there, but um, to to obviously the the big kind of selling point of the show to start was like the whole um, like the sitcom angle. What did what did you think of like the different episodes and the different decade style? I liked them. I I liked them a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I thought there was. It was. It wasn't just a like a twenty twenty one or twenty twenty kind of interpretation of what those shows would be. It was a proper almost dissection of the style of sitcom with the kind of the the jokes and the the format and whatnot. So I, I really enjoyed the first two episodes being set like that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a true representation of what those shows would have been back in the day, and you could drop it in there, and it would it would kind of fit. So I liked that a lot. I liked the the thing uh, as a whole as a whole the thing I didn't like was I felt as if and I know it, this is kind of what it's supposed to be but I thought the 30 seconds of mystery at the end of an episode was the whole episode for the next season for uh, the whole episode for the next show where it should have been like the 30 seconds of mystery should have been like maybe a quarter or a half and then you're building that story into something new but I, I just I, I didn't like the, how they spent so long with the last sort of cliffhanger from the last episode because that's a springboard to get into a new story in your new episode and not something that you just continue with for the full episode until the 30 seconds of the new mystery for the, the episode following that. It, it it was just like the, you know, like when I, when I was in uni and we were doing like television writing and one of the things was like you need to have a hook at the end of every episode. Like uh, there has to be a hook to get to... to um you know, convince you to, to watch that next episode. And that's what it felt to me. They were like, they were just making a show completely separate to the mystery. You know, it was just emulating a style to me and I'm not a fan of that style, to be honest, like sitcom stuff. Usually, well, like most sitcoms. But, um, you know, they're, they're emulating this style and then they go, well, fuck man, like, if we just do that, like, are people really going to want to tune in next week? Let's put a wee, put a wee guy in a bee suit coming out of the, the, the sink, the, the sink, the drain. Yeah. Oh, oh, what's that? All right, next one. Now it's just another episode where they're not they because they, they don't for the for the first three episodes they don't address anything any of the kind of stuff. It's just like a little bit extra happens at the end every time. But um, one thing that pissed me off. This is gonna sound really stupid, but one thing that pissed me off was that when they got into so they went 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then they went to the 2000s, right? But but the 2000s they done modern family right and modern family i know started in like 2009 but it's technically a 2010 show because it ran through the 2010s no i wasn't at the office i'm sure that was all because they had the opening sequence like the office 
Yeah, but the whole thing with like her sitting talking to the camera and like in the house, it was it was so modern family. I thought that was the, that was the the pieces to camera you know, from I the office. Some, I I heard someone mention the office, but it was like to me it was just that was modern family especially since i just finished it but they have the whole like where they're sitting down at the house and it's the very nice lavish looking suburban place where it's like the yeah. mum you know oh she's a bit wacky you know she's just like telling the kids to get lost so she can sit and have a day to herself like that was very like clear from modern family i felt nah but then I, I, was, thought the pieces, I thought the only thing the only the only similarity was it was in a living room because they don't have an office I thought the nah, style. But even I, I thought <laughs> even the style was. I thought it was. Um, well, I mean, I suppose you can say the off- it is kind of similar. I thought the, the opening credits gave it away, but it was, you know, like snapshots of the of entire town and 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 the wand and stuff like. And the style of the office, I thought that was enough for people to go. All right, this is the office. Because why would you have opening credits like the office and then do a Modern Family episode? I'm telling you, mate. Zero it sense. Was, I, I'm telling you, mate. It was Modern Family. It, it absolutely was not. Maybe it's both, but it's my. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that even the woman that plays Claire, like, tweeted or Instagram something out about the episodes, and how she was like honoured to to have been, to have been, uh, you know, referenced. What, what's what? I'm trying to uh, Julie Bowen. Yeah. Bowen, sorry, Instagram. Let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Oh my god, man, she right, posts stuff quite a lot. Yeah, Wonder Vision. She she put it up episode seven, breaking the fourth wall. One year to the day since we wrapped Modern Family, and tonight we were part of Wonder Vision. They've paid homage to I Love Lucy's Bewitched and the Brady Bunch among others to see our show as a classic through the eyes of an incredibly innovative Marvel show left me speechless. Trust me and anyone who's worked with me, it's hard to do. WandaVision, uh, oh. WandaVision from the breaking of the fourth wall to the fabric in the couch. Wow, what a great way to celebrate a bittersweet anniversary. Tell me, mate, it was Modern Family. It, I don't understand. Well, uh, modern Family have never had opening credits like The Office before. It's, yeah, it's, no, they it's never, really uh, right. weird for them to start now, a year after it ends. But hi, cool, whatever. <laughs> But um, one the 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 explanation for the um, sitcoms I hated. Oh, it that was, was awful! That was it awful. Was so on the nose, like ah, oh, they used to sit and watch those shows with the family, and they were like, she was obsessed with them, and you know what? It's a perfectly like valid explanation, but at the same time, I was expecting more. That's what I'm saying, where it's like, mystery, what's happening, what the hell's going on, what is the hex, what, you know, like, how is she constructing all of this, what is her past, like, is this the real vision, and then it's like, oh, she done sitcoms because she likes sitcoms. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that was, that was kind of, it felt way too simple to me. Also, um, the thing I despised is what it turned out to be the, the cast Evan Peters, oh, just for the sake of casting oh, Evan Peters. Oh no, that that fucking riled me up so much because that is literally like I'm pretty sure the director or something was like, oh, that was me paying homage to like one of my favorite bits of the MCU, which was when the Mandarin was an actor in Iron Man three, right? And I was kind of like, that I liked, I did personally like it in that just because that was its own isolated thing. But when you bring in Evan Peters from a different incarnation of uh, Quicksilver from yeah. a different company and obviously the whole thing where like everyone's been 
dying for there to be X-Men in the, the MCU for so long. To put that in and then you're thinking, holy shit, is this it? Are we getting X-Men? And especially with, like, you know, they're, they're teasing the, the mutations. Because, like, every time someone goes through the wall, yeah. they, their cells mutate. And then you had Monica Rambeau turn into, like, something else she has powers now. They never really quite elaborated on what exactly our powers were, to be honest. But the... It, like to put that in and then just be like yeah man it's just an actor who Aye. looks like Evan Peters Ugh. see even if I think it would have been even slightly better if it literally was Evan Peters the actor yeah but it was just like Mike Boner or something yeah. like that his name was yeah. that's oh that really set me off that was that I hated so much where it's just like ah oh, mate it's just an actor Ugh. <laughs> It didn't even make sense as well because no. it was like, you know, he was acting like Quicksilver from that version of Quicksilver. So does she then know about that version of Quicksilver? She also then mentions Kickass and says it in a way like, "Oh, Kickass, he's in Kickass." But also the guy that originally played Quicksilver and named to use in Kickass. So I was just like, "Oh, it was like they were teasing so many things, and they're like, oh man, this has got this has got big implications. This has got some big implications.'" And I'm like, "Nah, I got you, mate." Aye, <laughs> that that was a that was a big. This goal. is just, I think try, you know, pander to too many people with with all these theories really took away from the show. I think if they'd have cut mm. all that shit out, it would have been a decent show. But you've got too many people talking about and arguing about who the, who's this cameo going to be and what does this mean and Evan Peters and there was a whole thing apparently before it was even um broadcast it was like not doctor strange is confirmed doctor strange is going to be in it. i don't know how many times i heard that i uh, literally like i see even the the, the morning of i was trying to avoid spoilers because i didn't get to watch it to the day after it came out and but all i saw on twitter was people being like one division just makes me realize how how much I, I need a doctor strange movie like i can't wait for the next doctor strange movie so i was like oh well doctor strange is in it aye. you know and then since as well, you see pictures of her like sitting with like the circle stuff behind her and she's flicking through the book. So I was like, Doctor Strange, but then it's just nah. Isn't he? <laughs> I I know that that's the problem. That's what like I try not to because you just try to go in with it. That's kind of why I liked Luke Skywalker's one to a degree, although I feel like it could have been better if it was somebody else. But that's why I liked Luke Skywalker to a degree because I didn't know anything about it, so I was kind of like, holy shit, it's Luke Skywalker. I had no idea who was going to be. I wasn't following any Mandalorian news at all, but I feel like One Division is far bigger than Ma- the Mandalorian, purely because of, like, the... I feel yeah. like the MCU fan base is far louder than the Star Wars. And, oh, like, definitely. So, so then it was going off, like, people were talking about it all the time, and then you're just like... Oh, I don't know. Um... <laughs> there's a lot of I saw a lot of people as well going on about the, like half arguing that the the weekly release fucked it half arguing that it's just like mate that's what it used to be like get used to it uh, it was infuriating to me in a way just because I like I hate it when it ends I, I hate short episodes like that like I could never watch a sitcom like see like a half hour show weekly yeah. I don't think I, I don't think I could do that just because that would annoy me. I would rather just wait to the end. But yeah, that that at the same time, it has you desperate for it. It's like creating limited, you know, uh, a limited uh, stock of something. Yeah, makes it high. You know, like if you go limited edition, more people want it. You know, 
releasing it weekly people are desperate you know and it keeps the conversation going as well that was eight nine weeks that everyone was talking <laughs> yeah. about one division um, i think it's always better to, to release tv shows weekly because you get time to digest it you get time to think things over time to re-watch it time to talk about it with mates or, or discuss what you think is going to happen in the next episode in the follow episode what you can uh, and have oh, time yeah, to have aye. that conversation whereas if 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 that would get released full season everybody's done it in a day and then that's it done no conversation no good times it doesn't I, spread across social media you don't mm. I think people who want those tv shows there and then need to get the fuck need to understand how to uh, to consume media mm-hmm. i i remember everyone uh like the ongoing conversation for things like breaking bad when it was on and that was great like coming into school every week Monday morning PE. If if like <laughs> some people stayed up, some people stayed up late to watch it, right? And like I literally sometimes would stay up late just to watch it, then get up for school the next day just so I could talk to people in PE about it because everyone's talking about the latest episode of Breaking Bad because, well, especially when it was on season five. Yeah. But like, yeah, that that is something that's kind of missing. Where it's like you know I would go to someone and be like, oh, like well, you watch this show and you're like. I've finished it maybe, right? And I and then they they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, and I'm like, oh, where are you? And they're like, Oh, I'm only in episode three and I'm like, Alright, alright, cool. Well, I'll just I'll just talk to you about it later. Like yeah. when you finished it. And that is that is a bit disappointing when you have these these big shows. Plus, I think from a financial standpoint, you would be smarter like for subscription based services Oh, definitely to, to just go, Oh, this is gonna be out over three months. So you need to say subscribe to this for three months. That's that that's smart. You yeah. Know? definitely <laughs> that's a good business model right there but um i don't I know think, i don't think i don't know if netflix can ever go back to that just because that's kind of their thing mm. but um, they've got so much content though they've yeah. got so much happening they've got so many you know plates spinning and, and stuff in there but i think I, the last time i truly remember being and i think i 100 always think it makes a tv show better if they release it weekly because i remember the most recent one I think I have was the first season of Westworld. And then after every single episode, I'm like, oh my, what's going to happen? What is this? And then there was so many different people watched it and people catching up. and and as Because that's, that's the thing. If you start a TV show over nine weeks or over ten weeks, people can join in the conversation in week four. They're like, oh, that's me caught up now. I've watched the first episode. Now it's happening. And then and you it, get to have kind of like snowballs where like people are, you, you're going on and seeing how good it is. And then someone else joins in to be a part of that conversation as well. Yeah. yeah. I really, I, I do, I do like, I do like stuff like that. There is times when it does drive me mad. And because I don't necessarily have quite the same time as I used to, to go like Monday nights, Walking Dead night. I used to watch yeah. Walking Dead every Monday. I, and, but then like, that's kind of part of the reason I tailed off with it was because I didn't have just like every Monday night to sit down and watch it. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, it's been three weeks since it's the last episode's been out and I'm still not seen it. But um, I think, yeah, I, I don't, I, I think it's stupid really to, to, to say that that was kind of detrimental. I think it maybe contributed to the, the anticipation and the hype yeah going out of proportion obviously because that's a long nearly three months well, I, well just over two months yeah, sorry it would have been fine see where episode lengths like that but see when i go back to thinking about the first time i watched house of cards and obviously they dropped that season by season mm. and you get insert tv show name fatigue after see after like the fourth hour straight of watching it you're just like i want to see what the end of this tv show is just because I started watching it, but I don't care about these characters anymore. I'm sick of watching these characters, and that's mm. I think that's the 
the downside to dumping a TV show in the one go. That may just be mm. me though, because I I take forever to watch TV shows. But I was brought up in that era, brought up in that era of one TV show a week. <laughs> I think uh, yeah, I can do. I've been I've been kind of like a child of both. Like I've I think I was kind of young enough when they all started dropping at once that I was really enjoying it. But then I was also loving it, you know. When it was weekly as well, I remember having fond memories of sitting and waiting till for for weekly for weekly shows. But um, to to bring it back to to One Division, big reveal that I absolutely hated was when they were like, "Oh, you really are a Scarlet Witch," <laughs> and I was like, I almost kind of went, "I," and she'd been called that the whole time, and then realised that she hadn't. <laughs> And I was like, okay. And then I think I mentioned this last week or something where somebody was like, Age of Ultron, Tony Stark refers to Wanda as a witch. That's what you, that folks is what you call foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay, bro. Like, uh, nah. Put down your film theory 101 textbook, mate. Duh. <laughs> It's it's the I I think I said this right. It's the fact that they think they are putting throwaway lines in a movie five years ago and know that that's going to be relevant and a completely different thing. So much later, they're obviously harking back. And I kind of sometimes hate that with with these shows because like they were going on about um the the J- Jimmy who yeah. was like he learned the card trick from <laughs> Ant Man. I'm like I like I like I kind of it's one of those things like I'm like oh that's cool. But then it's like everyone's going on about it. Yeah. Marvel genius back at it again. You're like, uh, yeah, okay. Like you don't need blow out of proportion that much. It's like one bit of character progression. Yeah. But um, I was I was like a single thing. It, it was almost like a cameo in itself. Like it, it wasn't supposed <laughs> to be. It was like a big deal. The card flick was the, was yeah, the cameo. Yeah, that's. Uh, there's a Little fucking Easter egg cameos, and I swear to God, see if I hear another time where they're like, "Ah, oh, this, uh, this number that appeared on the side is a reference to this comic book edition, or this guy's date of birth, or this guy's name," and you're just like, "Fuck off, man!" <laughs> like, I don't, I honestly could not give more of a shit if those three numbers sitting at the side of the frame that are referencing to that, because you know what? I don't see it when I'm watching it. Yeah, I don't look for things like that, and even if I did, and I was like. I wonder what those numbers mean. And they go, oh, it's the comic book edition that this came out. And I'm like, right. Adds nothing <laughs> to the show. But, um, yeah. Uh, so, but when, when, uh, when they get the final episode in, in, in Wanda's learned runes, apparently, as well. Uh, and also, <laughs> I was very confused and also just like, not that invested in the kind of back and forth between her and Agatha when when it came to like their powers um the, the, I, I don't know I was just kind of like oh you think you're powerful but I'm more powerful yeah. oh but I've got this trick up my sleeve and it just kind of like that but it wasn't it never really felt like that smart um and also like what are they going to do with her character now like the, like she's just to decide well, she. I don't really care if she comes back, to be honest. No, she will. She'll be back, just because. Um, but I think it's just. I'm sure had this been released, 
earlier um, and this is just me personally speaking I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more but would you comic mean? book fatigue is a thing like comic book movie fatigue would, or, right, but how, how early? what do you mean like by it coming out early well, just exactly I had this I had this sort of thing being released after Age of Ultron sort of thing when she was just brand new or, or back in the kind of the peak because I don't think we're at peak comic book interest anymore I think it's in the downward slope and has been since Endgame but if this was mm-hmm. peak say 2017 to 2019 or 16 to 19 20 is when you had everybody was boom comic books everywhere everything was happening and it was on top of the world sort of thing when you still had the original Avengers if you dropped it somewhere in there then yeah this this is huge I enjoy this a lot more because I'm more invested in these characters I'm more invested in this style of storytelling than the, in the whole comic book thing but now this, this, this is just a, a personal opinion how, and how I feel about the whole genre I don't really care I watched it because I knew we were going to do an episode on it and that's probably the only reason I watched it I'd know uh, there was nothing for me to say oh I can't wait for this coming out watched it I enjoyed some parts of it but I I don't really care I'll do Falcon and the Winter Soldier Falcon and the Winter Soldier as well because we'll have to do an episode on it but other than that I don't really care same with Loki I mean the whole I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not interested in in the MCU anymore really see like I am to a degree I think what these these shows do well is introduce just a singular premise that has you asking the questions like like that gets you going well what is that so I'm going to what like that's for me like you know when they go WandaVision it's Wanda and Vision in a sitcom you're like but Wanda's you know Vision's dead and why are they in a sitcom you know like that literally that in its own I go right cool I'll go I'll watch that same with Falcon and the Winter Soldier it doesn't have as clear a point but I think it's more of like a continuation of like what is the future legacy of Captain America now that Captain America's gone that's what uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier is for me and then Loki was it not they introduced like the TVA and literally I'm not even gonna lie Owen Wilson is a big selling point for me in that show I saw Owen Wilson and I was just like I'm gonna watch that that's literally like one of the biggest points for me, but I do like that they they were introducing some new place or whatever. It was like the and uh, I can't remember the what the acronym stands for, but um yeah, I've I'm still interested in these. I do like these. I would watch these any like I was always going to watch One Division. I was always going to watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, I'm looking forward to Falcon and Winter Soldier for the hope that it's a bit more like grounded, a bit more like espionage thriller kind of deal like the winter soldier um i also like sebastian stan and anthony mackie yeah as these characters and they're kind of i hope i don't know like if they're going to be how well they're going to be able to play the dynamic off between them because their whole thing is like oh i hate you but we're like you know we're colleagues or whatever yeah so like i'm yet to see with that but coming off of wandavision i was quite disappointed and i don't think i'm as as excited as I was uh, for that when it started for for uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, but the fact they're quite smart in their space now, I think. See to go like, you know, it's almost like again with the financial model. Oh well, one division's done. I'll, I'll stop that now. Oh no, no, no you only because uh, yeah. Falcon and Winter Soldier starts in three weeks. You know, like oh well, <laughs> all right then. Um, but overall, I'd say I'd probably like if I was to give it a, a like a rating. Oh well, ah, uh, we do have a rating. <laughs> Film aspect or respect? 
I think I've got to go for I think I've got to go for respect because there was enough there that I did enjoy. There was moments that I was properly invested. I just think it fell really, really flat at the end because it just couldn't help but be another fanfare of the the, the cliche Marvel shit. With yeah. Like good even even Agatha and uh um Scarlet Witch. I literally forgot her name there. Wanda. Yeah. Even, even those two, it it like they were just like different coloured versions of them again. Purple and red. You know, uh, Vision's kind of purpley red and green. Other Vision's white. Iron Man's red and gold. <laughs> the big uh, Jeff Bridges is silver. You know, it's just, it, it's literally just that all the time and it, it drives me mad. So that, when that happened, I was just like, oh, that, I was I was genuinely so bored for the whole of that. And then when he touched his head and imported all his memories, I was like, oh, well, there we go. We've got another Gamora running about. Someone yeah. that's not actually the original version, but no, it's just for the sake of like death, but not death. And I know that's, that's what comic books do. They kill folk and bring them back all the time. But I was kind of hoping, I like death to be final in these things. And if death isn't final, then you stop to respect death in these shows. You know, and I think... WandaVision had the, like, if you abandoned giving White Vision, like, the new life, like, you're going for the thing where it's like, accept death, death is final. That was kind of what I thought they were going for with the message of it, because, like, obviously, her whole thing is to move on for the fact that he's gone, and I really liked those moments where it was like, you know, when she got to see him chopped up, and also, why did he think that was a good thing to show her? <laughs> One of the most powerful people, and he's like, I'm going to kind of antagonize her here by showing her her chopped up boyfriend but um yeah that's what i thought they were going for it's just like nah right as much as you want him back he isn't but there's actually a different version of him that is technically a clone of him wandering about as well so it, it really it really just takes the power away from other moments in the series i think um but overall though i did enjoy it and that final bit with wanda and vision I really liked. Did you like the uh, the setup for some sort of like Nick Fury thing with Rambo? No, nah. the crow or the scroll, whatever it's couldn't, called. Couldn't nah. care. <laughs> See when when they they revealed that Nick Fury had been with the scroll since like the Winter Soldier. Was... No. See when oh. he goes away, at Winter Soldier. After that, Nick Fury's always been a scroll, and I've just been kind of like, eh, cool. Mm. Uh, I don't really care. Um, nah, I don't care. I, I really couldn't care less about any of that story whatsoever. To be you, brutally honest what, with you. What do you think the implications is are of the, her, like, see how she's sitting floating doing the books and stuff? <sighs> I mean, that's, I, I honestly, I was like, alright, cool, that's, I don't care. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I took nothing away for that. I was like, alright, she's sitting out there. I don't know. The, only, the thing that annoyed me about that was she was drinking a cup of tea and then the kettle boiled again. I was like, who needs two teas back to back? That kind of, that took me out of the whole scene. So when I saw her, I was like, so, she's, she, why is she putting out there like a physical wander in the front, in the middle of nowhere? for nobody to see, sitting in the front steps drinking tea. You know, as far as I'm concerned, in the Alaskan wilderness, 
only to be in the house levitating and doing spells. Why is that person out there? And like, surely if you don't want to be found, you just put a force field up and make the house invisible, and then that way or, you don't have to be seen. Or just leave the house, like no one outside, so they're just like, ah, oh, it's just a, yeah. Like, I don't. I, I, is, is she waiting on somebody? Because if she like, is that why the kettle was boiling? I don't know, man. Um, I just. I, I thought I, it kind of leaned maybe into her being a villain. Uh, it, looked, it looked evil. Uh, <laughs> and I think that's the kind of stuff that they probably would think of. That'll, but, they'll, um, they'll spin that. That'll be hard, you know, ripping up the multiverse or opening the multiverse because that was the whole theory, wasn't it? She, she destroys it and Doctor Strange has to put it back together and Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. So yeah, that's, could that's probably what that is. Calling it right now. That's what it is because... That's what it looked like. I just got <laughs> to the point. I just there were so many things that were there only for the audience and not to serve the story, like the whole mm. sitting out the front, so we could get that nice drone shot in there. And then I'm like, okay, doesn't do anything for me. It's like I, I, I kind of get over stupid things like that. That like why, unless she is waiting for someone, there's no need to have like a puppet wander out the front drinking tea. I'm sorry, but there's no. Maybe it's the puppet Wanda sitting at the back reading the book. Could be. <laughs> it could be. You never know. Yeah, that's the the big twist of Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> have you been have you seen that uh that drone shot that's going about Twitter now? The I've one that goes into the bowling alley? Aye. I don't care. I was like, oh, it's the guy's got skill in a flying a little remote control plane, but I wasn't like it's very obviously it's not like an immersive shot or anything like that yeah it's just very obviously like a drone flying about somewhere i don't but i don't like drone shots at all i, I, I don't think i've I ever think seen you can, one i think I like. they have a kind of shakiness to them where you can tell it is a drone see i think the exact i think the complete opposite i don't think there's ever any movement i think i, I would take uh, an aerial shot from a camera on a helicopter any day over a drone shot because it's so still and so like digital and so computerized and it's there's um it's just I don't I don't like it. I just think it moves too smoothly and the stuff that moves too smoothly is to me is, is robotic and it's it's not there's no kind of human element to it. That's why I always prefer, you know, cranes um or tracks over steadicams. Even I understand the kind of the practical side behind a steadicam when you get to go wherever you want, but those movements of a crane with the, the kind of the shaking of the camera, the movements on the tracks, I always feel as if there's a, a, a better, a kind of more human element to the shot rather than just a big bunch of robots. So, don't like drones. Keep your drone to yourself. <laughs> right, so I, that's, that's us with the... Did you give it a respect or an aspect? I'll give it a respect just because of the chemistry between Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen. I think Aye. they're fantastic together. They are really good together. Aye. that's what I'm saying like his performance in this really upped my appreciation of his character yeah um, so yeah uh, just before we finish then have you been watching anything this week still game I've been battering still through game. still game again I haven't watched it in years so I decided to watch it and I said this to my mates so I was like in the first episode I was like I'm dying for a pint in the pub now <laughs> just after watching watching the first episode so yeah still game and I watched that baby teeth that was kind of shit and I watched, I've got 45 minutes left to go with the Five Bloods and I'm kind of enjoying that. I don't think um, I've watched anything else. I, the, the, still, whenever I think it's still game, the, and it's weird because it was somewhat relevant this week again, is that uh, I was buying, trying to buy tickets for a London Grammar concert 
few years ago and they sold out instantly but because I waited for the sales date I missed I was late for class and the class was happened to be taught by the director of still game that day right oh and right. like when you're in uni and you turn up half an hour late nobody says anything right so like you can come you can honestly come in at any time and they'll just kind of nod at you as you walk in but then I walk in and this guy gave me he was like basically making wee comments about how never be late that's the easiest way to get sacked and he was like <laughs> then he just he, he barely spoke to me after that so I was like the prick that was late the only guy that was late as well that day and I'm never late so that always annoyed me but then this week London Grammar tickets went on sale again I had nothing to wait on and uh also had a bit of fiasco to make up for the times that I missed it before. Instead of the two tickets that we needed, we ended up with six because three individual parties bought them all at the same time without communicating with one another. So <laughs> nice. Just putting that out there. If you want some uh, uh, London grammar tickets, hit me up at Watchfully Time on Twitter. Give me a DM. <laughs> I could set you up with some prices. Um, I watched, uh, kicked off my my DCEU. Rewatch for Justice League. I watched Man of Steel, um, which again really love. Uh, old Pa Kent, what's his name? What's, what's his Kevin name? Costner. Kevin Costner. I he I don't know what it is, but there's bits in that movie that just oh mate, they just get to me. Like see see when he you know he's like can't I just keep pretending to be your son? He's like you know you are my son, and his performance in those moments are are cracking i love them and i like i find them really emotional i love there's just so many elements i love about man of steel that that i feel like just get swept under the rug um and 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 then going on to batman v superman again i've said it a million times about how much i actually really like this movie but literally like you know people complained about uh man of steel where they were like they destroyed the city and there's no implications and they're like nah that's the whole crux of batman v superman is the fact that he destroyed a city. And I, I just, I really, I really liked those elements. And then, um, I actually, so I, I started watching it and I fell asleep about an hour in because I started watching it really late. I then started watching it again last night and I've just somehow taken into the this whole setup of watching it episodically. So I ended on the midpoint last night, which is exactly an hour and a half out of this three hours because it's the ultimate cut, where the, the Senate building's blown up and I genuinely like when I was watching it, I was like, this is f- fucking great, man. There's bits in it that are terrible. There are bits that, that genuinely are. Like at the very beginning, it always bugs me where Lois Lane sits down with this terrorist. She gets in, she opens her notebook, she looks down at her notebook, and she goes, Are you a terrorist? And I was just like, <laughs> It makes me cringe so much because I was like, That just seems so fake and just shitty writing. But, um, there are just, there are other elements, you know, like little throwaway lines from Ben Affleck where he's like 20 years in Gotham, uh, how many good guys are left, how many stayed that way. I love wee lines like that because they're so like, they, just like that in a line, you're adding so much depth or like, you know, history to these characters. You suddenly kind of feel like the fact, right, they've been here a long time, like Gotham's a shitty place, they've been through stuff without ever having to show it in flashbacks and stuff. But then, and then it does lean into that, you know, like we're showing Bruce Wayne's parents killed again don't know how many times i need to watch it before i'm like yeah right man they get killed by a robber that's his whole thing yeah whatever but i at that midpoint with the senate thing i just think when i'm watching that i think i don't imagine any other superhero blockbuster doing this kind of stuff yeah and i think you know marvel's got their stuff that's really good and i love i love some of the marvel movies but like something like this where it turns into a political thing 
but it's actually been manoeuvred so this guy's in to kill someone so then it looks like he's kill all of them I just I just thought that was really good I just like genuinely loved that and then that's the point where Batman sees that and he's got the letters coming through that he's like nah like I need to kill this guy now and I just thought I just thought it was really good so we'll see maybe next week when I come back from my episodes 3 and 4 of um the Batman v Superman rewatch um my last thing I watched I started watching this television show have you ever watched The Terror? No. It was recently added to BBC 2 and oh my god I'm loving it i'm like eight seven or eight episodes into it. i think it's around about 10 expedition crew uh, sailing through the arctic in the 19th century their two ships get frozen in the ice so then they're basically like deciding whether to like wait for the to, the thaw or to try and trek back and but they're also getting hunted by this polar bear and like it's all about you know like what's happening with the crew are the crew gonna like mentally manage you know, it starts to bring in like physical dangers and then mental dangers, and it's oh my god! I'm honestly so hooked. And I, I'm I'm raging because Amelia's on three night shifts this week, so we can't watch <laughs> it together. Yeah. And I've just been sitting there like dying, dying to watch it. But um, it's honestly like really good. So if you if anyone in the UK is want to watch it, it's on BBC iPlayer on the the BBC Two um channel. But yeah, I highly recommend that. But that's that's me for this week. Um. But I thanks everybody for listening. Uh, next week we're going to be back with the, the the slightly delayed unexpected gems episodes where we're going to talk about movies that we just kind of came to because of like maybe one singular reason and then how it blew blew us away. Um, I'm keeping mine secret for now, so Brian doesn't know what mine is going to be. But I think you're going to be quite happy with mine when when I when I hit it with that. So that'll be next Friday. Uh, we're also going to be back where you can join us for our second episode of the newscast on Tuesday. Um, and the, the recasting couch will be back the week after that um, we also just done Jaws last week which was a pretty good recast um, I'm going to start putting them up on Twitter the like our just like finalised like here's what we done who done it better um, right. the, you know tr- practice my photoshop skills <laughs> like I've done for that one Last of Us casting yeah. <laughs> that I posted for like no reason but um yeah, so we'll be back then, but thanks everyone for uh, listening. If you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be really good. If you tell your mates, if you share it about. But um, thanks to everyone that's been watching. Uh, keeps sticking with us, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.